The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Get into our interview on the line here. I have, uh, her name reminds me of Oprah. Sipra, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Haystick. Um, Sipra um, has earned her bachelor's in political science with a minor in international relations and is currently the second vice president of the Blind Welfare Association. Ms. Sipra is passionate about awareness and equity for the blind and visually impaired. Of course, our topic today is lack of inclusivity in entertainment. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yes, I'm hearing you loud and clear. Thank you very much for joining Excellent. us. Excellent. So my name is Sipra. Glad to be back. Yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay. Sipra, nice to have you here. All right. So we're talking about... um. Lack of inclusivity in the in entertainment. I mm-hmm. uh, guess we're talking about the visually impaired. You being of the blind welfare people, blind welfare association. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And what is it exactly that uh, you want to see with uh, you know the blind folks in entertainment? A lot of people, you know, Trin, you know, Trini's, um thing. They will say, well, we have um, we had Almanac. There was a man a Calypsonian called Almanac back in the days, and mm-hmm. we have um, what's his name, Lingo. You know, but I just. Yes, just, Lingo. Yeah, Lingo is. I think Lingo would be the poster child when you think of, you know, blind welfare and thing you would think of, of Lingo. Correct, and we have people like Niall as well. Mm, Niall? Yes. Okay. And he does music as well. And okay, okay. In terms of blind persons and the entertainment industry, recently I was scrolling through social media and I came across the new Netflix series, All the Light We Cannot See. And. There are two blind and visually impaired actresses in that show. And it actually struck me because when you think about the entertainment industry and blind persons, you always, you almost always think about music, right? You mm-hmm. have Stevie Wonder as international examples and of course you name Lingo. But I was thinking perhaps it would have been great for blind persons to be involved in more than just music because in the entertainment industry, we have a whole host of other roles that could be played. We have um, theater, movies, films, etc. So that is the line in which I was thinking. Okay. All right. No problem. Um, well, in terms of what, 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 uh, what is out there for, let's say there's a child, because we know, um, you know, things like people like Stevie Wonder out there who've been child prodigies in, in music and mm-hmm. study. What is out there for, you know, visually impaired people to pursue their passion for if the arts, it doesn't necessarily have to be music, but anything with the arts, so to speak. Well, that is a great question because I don't think, as it stands now, there are many opportunities. Because in the past, whenever there would be a blind or visually impaired character on screen, there would be sighted actresses and actors to play those roles. And I think, for one, the industry needs to include persons who are actually relating to the character. Because in my article, I reference, if you have a character of a specific gender or race, the actor or actress would reflect that. But it's usually not the case when it comes to persons who are blind. And I think I want to see more of that reflected on screen. Because we consume media like anybody else. We have audio description. We look at a lot of television. And we would like to see ourselves represented on screen as well. All right, okay. But who would be responsible for that? I mean, well, it, uh, is it the sole put on the Blind Welfare Association? Um, 
you know, when you say you want to see yourselves on screen, you want to see yourselves represented, you want to see yourselves probably, um, I remember back in the days there was a lady called, well, we had Selma, not Selma, we had um, Morris Connor, he used to be with Auntie K. Right, Mr. right. Mr. Morris Connor, he was on a, on a show there. I think there was a, probably blind people in, in, the, in the news and, and, and entertainment in the media on the whole, but over the years that has been, you know, you know, diminish. But what what mm-hmm. what is it that has probably probably caused that or not caused the rise of, you know, buying people to really be more in the entertainment industry, so to speak? I think it's a lack of perhaps persons giving us the opportunity because on the set of all the light we cannot see, the producers actively search for blind and visually impaired actresses. So perhaps producers and different persons in the entertainment industry could Think of us when they are casting new roles or even if it's not on screen, perhaps get us familiar with behind the scenes because I think there's a lot that we can contribute in terms of entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I think more opportunities need to be created and that in turn will give persons the confidence to sign up for roles like this because as we have it, yes, we have a couple of visually impaired people pursuing the arts, but not a large number. And perhaps if we market this as something that they could go into, they would be more inclined to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay, because but... as you know, mm-hmm. employment for this community is not that high. So I think the entertainment industry would be a great place to start. All right. Well, you know the entertainment industry. A lot of people see the entertainment industry as hustle and bustle, and sometimes you just had a, no pun intended, see a way. See your way through. You know? I'm, I'm all right, all right. I'm in it, so you know. Sometimes you had you you left out yeah, in the pool and you had a friend for yourself. So is it is it the especially in in Trinidad and Tobago? Trust me, it's a doggy dog. Is that something that you know uh, visually impaired people really will want to be in? Kind of because somebody might have to well, hold your hand and guide you along the way. You know. Well, I do take that point that you said, and I actually reference that as well because it is a like doggy dog industry mm-hmm. and I think the dynamics of the entertainment industry these days however is not so cut and dry so for example you have persons going into entertainment through social media so there are lots of TikTokers out there who post videos and skits and stuff and from that they would branch out into other aspects of entertainment and I think that perhaps persons who are blind and visually impaired could start with that you know it doesn't have to be a formal thing, but I definitely think that it can be done. All right, different. What is the blind? And perhaps it would be, it would be difficult, but with the correct assistance and accommodations, mm-hmm. then we could make it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With anything, um, it's possible. And what part of role is the Blind Welfare Association? Now, when when somebody, what is the real purpose and sole purpose of the Blind Welfare, well, Blind Welfare Association besides bringing the um, you know, the people visually impaired, giving them a community. Put together. What does the Blind mm-hmm. Fair, Blind Welfare Association actually do? Well, we do a number of things. We help persons adjust the blindness. We provide support. We provide, um, you know, when somebody first loses their sight, they would need a level of support and to be taught how to live life again as a blind person. So mm-hmm. we focus on those aspects of services and we also focus on blindness prevention. We have a lot of children in the public school system right now that we provide support for. So we offer a range of services. And in particular, 
as it relates to entertainment, if you come to us as a blind or visually impaired person and say, hey, I'm interested in this, then perhaps we could see how we could lend our support to that, you know? All right. What about pairing off? Um, I mean, if you have some talented um, visually impaired people, if there maybe could be a, a competition among the Blind Welfare Association that you could actually get some talent, maybe you could call it Blind People Got Talent. You know, like you got America's Got Talent. Um, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Right, okay, Blind People I Got Talent. I think we actually did something like that, um, oh, but it was more in terms of like a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Oh, beauty and we pageant. had a good turnout, and yeah, we had a good turnout. We had um, a number of participants, and it was great. In fact, um, the month of December has been quite busy for us. We had uh, Christmas luncheons and entertainment and everything, and this just reinforces the idea in my head that we have a lot to contribute as it relates to the entertainment industry. I mean, I'm hearing these persons that I know in the community sing and perform, and I'm saying to myself that they deserve way more recognition, you know? They need to put themselves out there, and not just putting themselves out there, but being recognized as well. Right, definitely. So you did it with the beauty pageant. Nice to be doing it with us. So when, when you say in terms of the entertainment, going in, we're talking about uh, singers, we're talking about musicians. What other aspects of entertainment yes. would you like to see? Well, I particularly want to see more actors and actresses because I love to watch movies and TV shows and I would like to see more persons like me represented on screen. Now, the actress in this show or like you cannot see, she does not have any prior acting like experience. So I don't think that this is something that person should be daunted by. If you, as a blind or visually impaired person, enjoy acting, but you don't have a professional background, then that shouldn't dissuade you from trying it off, you know? I agree. What about pairing them off with probably some other, um, some, some mentors? Having some mentors. Do you have anybody um special guests? Like you said, some special guest artists come and speak to people at the Blind Welfare Association. Any mentors at such? I think that would be a great idea. As of currently, I don't think we've had any, but I don't, I'm not sure. But I think that that would be a great idea to give them that type of mentorship and guidance as it relates to the industry. Because mm-hmm. we do it in schools all the time. When I was going to school, we had the friends persons from a wide arm range of careers come and speak to us, even those from the entertainment industry, like, for example, journalists, uh, TV show hosts, etc. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a great thing to do. All right, wonderful. Anything else you want to you wanna, you wanna share with us? Give us a little bit of background about yourself. How did you become the second vice president of the Blind Welfare Association? Okay, well, I did a political science in UE, and I'm passionate about politics as well. So I decided to throw my hat in the ring and go for blind welfare elections because we need more young persons represented on council, right? Mm-hmm. Because persons who are blind and visually impaired are very diverse. We have those who are older, those who are young, male, female. So I think we need a accurate representation. And that is precisely what encouraged me to offer myself up for second vice president and well previously i was a ordinary council member and well i want to make a change and make a positive difference so 
I'm starting with the blind welfare and hopefully it will be a national thing. Mm. So that is just a little tidbit about me personally. Nice. Now, do you think, even before we get into the inclusivity of them and in, uh, in entertainment, how we treat our, mm-hmm. how we how we treat and respect our the visually impaired in Trinidad and Tobago? I was doing an interview with with Paul Richards. He's a senator, right in Parliament. Yeah. And he um, has this. He's, he's a very good advocate for people mm-hmm. with disabilities on the whole. You know. I mean, I I sometimes right. walk by the Blind Welfare Association, and sometimes you see them on Abercrombie Street. People walking. They have the cane and stuff. The pavements are not you know adequate for them. You know, the sidewalks, the streets, some people don't have no patience with them. How come we don't have things like, you know, in Trinidad, like the CNI dogs and, you know, things people don't really, to really get folks, you know, going and becoming as independent as possible? How how independent can a blind person be in Trinidad and Tobago? That is a very good question because I like to think of it this way. My disability is not really what bothers me. It's the inaccessibility of the world, the world around me. So, for example, as you mentioned, if the cavemen, the sometimes persons are not exactly patient or kind, and that could be a real downer. And I think awareness helps, but more than just awareness, I think we need infrastructural changes. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but the disability legislation is in its draft stages right now, and it mm-hmm. speaks to, you mentioned, guide dogs and service animals, and getting buildings really accessible for persons who are disabled. And I think that that is a good place to start. But I think what we need to do as a society is be sensitized and kind. Like the other day, you hear a lot of horror stories about persons who are blind and visually impaired as it relates to interacting with the public sometimes. For example, the other day I was robbed when I paid the driver $100 and he gave me back the wrong chain, right? Okay, wow. I have... So the, yeah, the, 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 there's, there's no way for you to mark your money. I think uh, I was what when you watched what? the movie Ray Charles, he spoke about how he marked his money. There was somebody who was able to know the difference in bills. Well, that is a good point. Like with the tactile indications on the money now, it's very easy for me to know what I have in my hand. Mm-hmm. But I was just coming on the maxi quick and you know yeah, that yeah. kind of hustle bustle. I was trusting and he handed me the change. I, mm. Correct. And I told him beforehand that I had a hundred dollars. So I yeah. thought that he would do the correct thing hmm, and it's wow. only when he back to drive away I realized he gave me $38 as opposed to the $8 wicked boy right? oh my gosh that is wickedness hmm. yes and that happened to a blind colleague of mine too Um, just yesterday he was telling me that he was given a hamper and I think grocery items and all these things and he took a taxi and when he got out of the taxi the taxi drove off with his hamper and bag and everything Way. Ah, boy, watch me. People who that do, people who do things like that could never see their way in life, you know. Never, ever, ever right. see their way, see God's face, boy. Now, that, that is evil, boy. Wow. Exactly. Hmm. And when you have things like this happening, it it makes the blind or visually impaired person very discouraged to go out. Now, hmm. it doesn't happen with everyone because some people will just bounce back, but not everyone would. And I think we need to start at that level, you know, get people to be more kind when persons are out there instead of like short-changing them trying to trip them or some people view your vulnerability as something that they could take advantage of which is actually pretty scary mm-hmm. all right and, and you want people to get into this entertainment business huh, boy. <laughs> yes because entertainment would be a great way to raise awareness 
in terms of these type of issues because I think as people, we tend to relate to persons more when we see something in common. So if you see blind persons in the entertainment industry, then I think you would be more inclined to be related to them. For example, me as a blind woman, I love makeup. So I would go and buy my makeup items and stuff and the girls in the store would relate to me on that level. Mm -hmm. Because we have that in common. And I think that that is what the entertainment industry could do for blind and visually impaired persons. It could integrate us more into society. So you as a blind woman, you put on your own makeup? Yes, well, I have low vision. So I have some vision, but it's not great. Right. Like, it's not perfect. I can't really see in mirrors and stuff, really. Mm-hmm. But I estimate and I use my hands, and I, I just guess, yeah, yeah. basically. Right, <laughs> okay. but, but I think um, with, with the advent of social media right now, I think, um, you know, the visually impaired people could get into the... You could have your own... Because of TikTok and Instagram, I think you could have your own your own channel. You know, the Blind, the blind Welfare right. Association could have their own TikTok channel and have your own entertainment. And out of that, mm-hmm. you know, a star could... Could come out and, and arise out of it, you know. I agree. Like I myself, I'm into TikTok, so I have my own channel and I do little awareness videos and just videos in general. And I try to encourage my other blind friends to post their talent online because I have some friends who could sing really well. They do really well in terms of spoken word, poetry, etc. And I think that exposing that to the world would be a great thing. And social media is no better place to start. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the other, um, you know? difficulties and challenges that the you know visually impaired people face in Trinidad and Tobago? Well, I think employment is number one. Like, anytime I'm asked that question, I will always say employment. Mm. And I think that, and I, this is not just a Trinidad and Tobago problem, I think it's a worldwide problem, because unfortunately, we are viewed as being incapable. So, you would find more persons on a disability grant, on food card, etc., and they're not getting that employment opportunity and when it comes to employment it's not just important in terms of money but it's important in terms of dignity because as a human being you want to feel that sense of independence that sense that you are contributing positively to society and i think that a job definitely helps with that right another challenge is traveling like as a woman it is very daunting because Sighted women have this fear of being in areas alone or traveling alone. It's even worse when you can't see well because you never know who is trying to take advantage of you. And some people will just choose to stay home or only go out when they have company. And this could be actually really debilitating because it's not always persons will have time to carry you shopping or take you to run errands, right? So it takes away that sense of independence. And I think persons also have a hard time coping with their blindness. And this is also ties into the point of not having the world accessible for them. Because if you are trying as an individual who is blind to cope with your blindness and you go out there and you experience discrimination, bad infrastructure, you will just be totally discouraged, right? So you're not given that motivation. And I think those are some of the top challenges that we face today. Definitely. So how do we try to overcome? I know, well, you know, spoke of the legislation, but how do we overcome, mm-hmm. especially as a as a female, you know, with, with, with traveling? That one is very concerning. I mean, regular people, 
who could see the female as afraid to travel, especially if it's in the night and stuff. But what 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 do you do about things like that? Is it always you had to hire a driver, trusty driver? This that does is does the blind welfare association have things in place to pick up people? Well, we do have things in place to pick up persons, but it would relate to certain events. So if you're having an event, you will probably get transport, but unfortunately, we can't do it every time in terms of daily living because it runs at a cost, right? So what we try to do is teach persons mobility to learn to travel on their own, but of course, there would always be a risk factor. So we try to sensitize the public so that even if a blind person is traveling on their own, there would be persons who could look out for them, even if they don't know them. And I think that is the importance of awareness and sensitization. So for example, if somebody is hearing me talking today and they see a blind person, perhaps in Port of Spain, in Arima, wherever the case may be, they will be more inclined to say, hey, I remember what that girl Tapra said on the radio. Let me go and make sure this person could cross the road properly etc. So I think society becoming more aware and sensitized would help a lot. And in terms of traveling, when certain drivers see you around a lot, I think they tend, they tend to be very helpful. So because I use the bus routes a lot, I use um, different areas a lot. Some of the drivers, they tell me, well, step up here, the seat to the right is where it's available. So as much as they are bad persons, they are also very good and helpful ones. Yeah, but I think we need to do something with the transportation to go. I don't know if you ever traveled. If you ever traveled away, especially to New York, I'm always impressed about how when the, when the bus mm-hmm. stops for disabled people, you know, they stop the bus, the, the bus, the door, the bus would lower down, and everybody will be patient and wait mm-hmm. until that person come up with a wheelchair. They have a special seating for the person with the wheelchair. You yeah, strap the, the bus driver, that strap them in thing. You know, people have to get up, you know, to let that person sit down there. I mean, they, they treat the um, people with disabilities very, very well. No? And I, 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 I agree. Like, I have never traveled, but I'm always looking online and I'm seeing the different things available away, like in England and the US. And I'm always amazed. For example, in, the, in England, some of the taxis have color contrasted seats. So mm. that persons who are low vision, like myself, when they go into a taxi, they'll be able to see which seat is available because that is something that I struggle with as a low vision person. Mm-hmm. If I enter a taxi out of the sun, I am not really seeing well. So sometimes I just end up sitting down on people or kind of thing. And it doesn't tell me that the seat's not available until I sit down, right? Yeah. And it doesn't feel nice of me understand why when the team are walking towards it, it doesn't say, well, you know, the other seat's available or something like that. Mm. So I think that and all will help. The public just being more aware and helping persons would be great. Mm. All right. I don't know if you you walked a distance or walked somewhere, but your um your Wi-Fi, but the Zoom was something kind of warped. Your voice was something a little warped a little bit. Oh, are you hearing me good now? No, you're still singing warped. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. Let me just. For those of you all just joining us, we're talking to Sepra Hastik. She is the vice president, or the second vice president of the Blind Welfare Association. Anybody out there? We know we have a. One or two um, persons with visually impaired people, people with disabilities, if you want to ask any questions for the Blind Welfare Association, maybe you have an issue, you know? That could be a good time. I'm sure she could speak on the behalf. Yes, yes. are you hearing me? You're still sounding warped, girl. I know what happened. Everybody. 
I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a Wi-Fi. I because I disconnected my Bluetooth headset to see if that was the problem. Yeah, the Wi-Fi probably giving a little trouble. Um, I know if you want to, um, you want to click out and come back in. Probably think out and come back in. I'll send you back the the Zoom link. I don't know. You know, because we were having some Wi-Fi issues with the lunchtime doctor earlier on. Yeah, so she's she's out and come back in. We'll take a short break, and we will come back with our discussion there. It's going to be a Merry Cricket Christmas as West Indies takes on England. We home for Christmas in Trinidad for two T20 internationals at the Brian Lara Cricket Academy. Bring your crew and come dressed in your Christmas outfits on Tuesday, December 19th and Thursday, December 21st. Locals get 50% off regular match tickets plus an extra 20% off when you buy your tickets online. West Indies versus England. Visit windyscricket.com for tickets, fixtures and more info. Well, there's the link. For the best healthcare experience, come to Batson & Associate. They are specialized consultants in natural and integrated medicine. They offer live blood analysis testing, MRA body scan, and a foot detox. Visit them at Ramsamuj Trace and SS Aaron Road, Debbie. Call 233-7515 or Triangle Building. Scarborough, Tobago, call 226-4553. Call and make an appointment to see Dr. Batson. Get the expert care you need. Yeah, so we're back. Don't forget Dr. Batson tomorrow, um, one fifteen to 2 o'clock. All right, so pray there. Yes, I'm here. Oh, this God. time is better. Nah, we're still singing Warp Gill. Wow. Having real internet issues today. So what I will have to do is I'll have to do like I did probably with the doctor. I will uh, call you on my phone and we will continue the discussion. Old school over the speaker yes. phone, right? We're talking to Separastic. She is the second vice president of the Blind Welfare Association. So you were, you said, what, what is your, your condition again? Retinitis pigmentosa. Um, in Lehman's... It's a mouthful, but it basically means that the rods and cones cells in my eyes are dying, and it's slowly progressing over time. Okay. And it depends on the individual, but the vision loss is typically... Uh, progressive and some of these symptoms include night blindness, loss of peripheral vision, trouble seeing in dim light, etc. All right, so you're not like you're not like not a hundred percent blind, but it is one day you could. Sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not. Yes. So blindness, I would like to tell people, blindness is a spectrum. So most blind persons don't actually see completely black like what persons think. Mm -hmm. Some of them still have some form of light and shadow perception or like very poor vision so it doesn't necessarily be total black all right okay so how were you able would were you born born like this or this happened later on in life well i was apparently born like this and i say apparently because when i was younger i thought i was sensitive i did not think that the way i was seeing was something to be alarmed by because when you're young and you're looking at life through these lens, you think that that's how everybody to see. Like, for example, I remember complaining when I was younger that I couldn't see well at night. And some of my family used to be like, but Papa, everybody can't see well at night. And I said, oh, okay, well then that's normal. It's only when I was diagnosed at around 16 is when I realized that that trouble seeing at night was actually my night blindness beginning from a young age. So this is why I like to tell people it's very important to be vigilant with your eyes. I mean, at the Blind Welfare, we do provide support, but I mean, if we could prevent blindness, then that would be great too. So 
make sure and get your eyes cleaned as often as possible so that you pick up any little thing. All right, okay. Somebody mentioned, um, if we are aware, are you aware of Digital Plus? That is where the additional voice over to everything that can be seen on the big screen being said to the viewer who may be visually impaired. For example, there may be a narrator stating a man with a black dog is walking briskly on a ramp or staircase towards the door. And it is quite helpful to accommodating and including everyone in enjoying the program. The same manner in which you would engage closed caption on your television. Mm -hmm. Digital Plus is a similar feature. Right? Just wonder if that was a style of programming and offering available in Trinidad and Tobago. I never heard about that. Digital Plus. You aware of that? I've never heard about Digital Plus. Okay, well, let me say never heard. I think I've heard about this, but I think that that sounds like audio description to me. Mm -hmm, okay. So, for example, recently, as a low vision person, I decided to go into the settings in Netflix to see if I could tweak with it because I just get a little frustrated asking my sight to places all the time. What's going on in that scene? What happened in this? Because I can see parts of the screen, but not everything. So I went into the settings and I turned all the description on and it was like seeing ding. Like, I don't need to ask nobody what's going on because I know everything, okay? Mm -hmm. So audio <laughs> des describes, describes everything for you? Yes, it okay. does. And it sounds weird, but... It does not take away from the viewing experience of the film at all. Mm -hmm. Because what it would do is, for example, if a scene is taking place, you know, in some scenes there would be silent moments where the character is unfolding a piece of paper or getting into a car. The, the description would describe what they are doing in that moment. So in that moment, a sighted person could see, well, hey, the character is unfolding a piece of paper. But we wouldn't be able to see that, so that is where the audio description comes in. All right. Okay. And I think that that is a great feature to have. They even have it in theaters as well in the U.S. I'm not sure if it's something that our local cinemas are here to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Highly doubt. Very good. The technology is there for the um, for the folks. All right. So let's get back with this inclusivity in the in the entertainment and stuff in the entertainment industry. I mean, like I said, we've had we've, international, we know a lot of people. We know Stevie Wonder, we know Ray Charles, you know, Joe Crocker, but those are like real, real old school. I don't think there's been anybody um, lately in the last couple of 10, 15, 15 years, at least I, I don't know of, you know. Um, there's Frankie Paul, you know, things. So, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a while. So, it's about time somebody visually I think impaired. It's about time. Yes, yeah, some time for somebody visually impaired. But of course, we the person that come up with the with the talent, I believe if somebody comes out there with the talent, the nice one say, you all are the Blind Welfare Association, mm -hmm. should do a nice little talent search, man. We should have uh, somebody like in the in the Calypso competition, like start with the, start with the children, you know? Mm -hmm. in, the, in the Calypso competition. I think competition. that's a great idea. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely take notes on that. I am sure there are some producers out there, writers who are willing to, to work with them and thing, you know? Who could, who could make mm -hmm. it happen, man? Yeah, definitely. All right. I mean, we look at um, TV shows all the time, like America's Got Talent, etc. And one or two times, you would see extremely talented blind persons. Yeah, I think there was there was a guy who there was a guy who won, um, and he could not real sing. He sang like Ray Charles. He was playing the piano. Was an Asian guy who won. Mm -hmm. I think I think it was America's Got Talent. Yeah, he was big on on his search. Him, I forget his name, but he he won. He was visually impaired, and he won. He had a great voice. When now, young boy started to sing. 
It was like out of this world, you know? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I do hope that the, the legislation passed at least so, you know, visually impaired people could at least be comfortable in the workplace. And, of course, the discrimination against them, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, is, that cuts out. And that thing where you said with the taxi drivers and maxi drivers robbing blind people, that very, if you know, angry and upset, that get me. And that's terrible. But there will be a way for you to, to mark your money to know you're giving them, well, you know, if it's change and exact change, but you shouldn't have to do that. You know? Correct. And it, it gives you this extra change of anxiety when you're going out there because you're already anxious knowing that you're going out into a world that you can't see. Yeah. And then to have to avoid instances like these is very, very hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the blindness thing, it could happen to anybody. People with diabetes could yeah. go blind. It could happen while you're in, you know, while you're in your teens. Why in your twenties, your, your old age, you know, it, it, things it can happen. Great accidents and all can happen. I remember I saw somebody on Instagram got blind in an instant because of a uh, accident with acid. Mm. So it could happen to anyone, and I think that this is that shows the importance of being sensitized because the, even though the disability community is a minority group, it is a group that anybody can join at any time. Yeah, so therefore, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, what does blindness issues have to do with me? It has everything to do with you because if we are not being treated properly, what forbid you join this community, you would receive the same treatment. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And who does the Blind Welfare Association get um, like assistance from financial assistance from the government? How do you all, you know, how do you all cope? Well, we get the majority of our financial assistance from the government. We have some private sector companies who may choose to donate and we also try to raise funds on our own through the workshop. So mm -hmm. that is basically the gist of it. We do fundraisers. Um, I think this will be a great time for me to interject our board who's coming in coming up on January the twenty seventh next year. Mm -hmm. Two hundred dollars a ticket. Just thought I'd plug that in there. But yeah. what what do you call it? Your what? What do you call it? What do you call it? Well, the CCBWA boat cruise. Oh, boat cruise. Oh, okay. Boat cruise put on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the boat yeah. cruise. I think so, I, I played for one um some years back, and it's not a new thing, an event, a boat cruise event, because I had a friend of mine, I think Squeezy Rankin's sister. I don't know if you know of her. Mm -hmm. She was part of the Blind Welfare Association, and I think I did play. No, no, she was, um, what well, was, but people with disabilities. I think it was the, the deaf or something, but there was a, a, a boat cruise that I did DJ for some years back, right? So that's on the 27th of January? Yes. Okay. All right. From so 8 to 12 p.m. Nice, man. People could support that even if you ain't going buy a ticket or two. Support, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and it would be even greater if you also come because it will give you a chance to interact with us. And yeah. Of course, of course. So anything you want to say before we leave there, Mr. Just to throw in the inclusivity. I mean, we, we bounced around a lot of... Uh, different ideas the talent show thing maybe you could try it out and you know the tiktok page and see where it goes from there yes okay so i want to tell blind and visually impaired persons if you are talented post your talent don't keep it to yourself because you never know who could be out there watching you never know who could be inspired by you to take that opportunity and i also want persons in the entertainment industry to consider blind and visually impaired persons when you are creating. Mm -hmm. And it could be something as simple as an ad. Something as simple as because you hear different ads playing on the radio and on TV all the time. 
when you're applying for assistance to the world, we have great voices. <laughs> and I also want to assist the public, so just be aware of applying questions out there. When you're traveling, when you're, come, when you're traveling and stuff, just be kind, you know? Of course, of course. And if you see the taxi driver or maxi driver rubbing a blind person, make a noise. Don't let that happen. Don't, because you will go to exactly. hell. Whoever do that, going to hell, and you going to hell too, with them. Trust me, watch me. I don't like that Correct. at all. You know? I don't like that at all. Yeah. That really upset me. All right, miss. Thank you yeah. very much. It's but thank you so much yeah. for having me. Thank you. You have a great day. You as well. All right. Thank you. All right. So we were talking there with Miss uh, Sepra Hastek um, of the Blind Welfare Association, second vice president of the Blind Welfare Association. You know, I know we have one or two listeners out there. I think they probably didn't log in yet. But, um, you know, keep keep in mind of, you know, the people with disabilities and our blind folks out there because it could happen. Something that could happen to you as well too and somebody in your family the best insight instant feedback accountability the all-new talk radio freedom 106.5